Welcome to the Girl Gang Craft Podcast, where we dive in deep to all things business, wellness, creativity, and activism for artists and entrepreneurs. We talk with impactful, female-driven companies and founders for an inside look at the entrepreneurial experience, where you'll come away with tangible steps to elevate your business. Are you ready? I'm your host, Phoebe Sherman, founder of Girl Gang Craft, artist and designer and marketing obsessed. We're here to learn together how to expand our revenue, implement new organizational techniques, and cultivate best business practices as we work towards creating a life doing what we love. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Super excited to have Fernanda on the podcast today. We'll hop into it into a moment. Fernanda is an amazing artist and has been around the GGC community for a bit now, maybe since one of the first, I think the third show that we ever did in Oakland, if my memory serves me. But I want to talk about a couple things that are going on in the GGC world. Most importantly, we have our shows coming up. We do have our vendors all set for that at this point, but our events are May 7th in Oakland at Oakland Scottish Rite, which is always an incredible venue to work with. And we're moving on up to Salem, Massachusetts as well. So that is May 22nd. That's going to be right in the heart of Salem. It'll be outdoors at Derby Square and also indoors at Old Town Hall upstairs. So it's all in the same area. We'll have it very well signed out. And if you want to join us for the event as an attendee, you can RSVP at girlgangcraft.com slash events. And I hope to see you there. Come say hi. I'd love to meet you. I personally will be at both events. We also have some new product that is out now, especially for small business owners. So we have our Ask Me About My Small Biz sweatshirt in this lovely, I'm going to say call it like a sage side of mint. So it's not quite mint, not quite all the way sage, somewhere in the middle. It's a really beautiful and cozy and soft sweatshirt. And it's all about creating opportunity for you to speak about your business, right? So let's say you're at the grocery store and someone reads your sweatshirt, ask me about my small business. Oh, what's your small business? And you get into the conversation. You have your elevator pitch ready to go. Maybe you have a business card ready to go and bam, you have made a new in-person connection. And if that person is your ideal client, you know, maybe they're going to follow you on the gram. Maybe that turns into a paying customer and they're never going to forget that interaction, right? They're going to remember, oh, that's the girl I met at the grocery store. That's the person I met in line at the post office, whatever. And that gives you opportunity to make these in-person connections that are really valuable and turn your time into the grocery store in a productive thing. We also have our small biz owner hat. We have it in a khaki and a blue color, and that's going to be perfect for the spring and summer and, you know, in California, like year round, right? And we do have our find joy shirt. And this is based on my desire to sort of find what makes me light up throughout the pandemic and moving into my adult age. (laughs) And that's really colorful and fun and really good layering opportunity. And you can pair it with like some fun pants or some regular pants. Yeah, check it out. And of course, all of our items are online, girlgangcraft.com slash shop. And you can find us in person at all of the events we're going to be at. I'm hoping to be in some summer events here in Boston area as well. So I won't take up more of your time. We'll start into the episode. Thanks for listening. If you have a moment, please review this podcast. If it helps you, send it to a friend, tell someone about it and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us you know, with the algorithm and get in touch with more entrepreneurs that we can help. Okay. Thank you. 
Hello, creatives. Welcome to Girl Gang Craft, the podcast. Really excited today because we have Fernanda Martinez on the podcast. She is the founder of Latinta Art, and she's been in the GGC circle for a while. I think she was at, you were at the Classic Cars West show with us, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was like our third show that we ever hosted. So really excited to have you on today, Fernanda. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Phoebe. And thanks to your community. And thanks for this space and for this opportunity to share my story. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Well, I'm a painter and muralist. I'm based in Oakland, but I was born and raised in Mexico City. I've been in the Bay Area for seven years now. So almost seven years. And yeah, I'm a painter. My medium is acrylic painting. And I've been doing more murals lately. So that's probably how people get to recognize my work more. Yeah. So what kind of things do you paint? So I will describe my paintings as abstract botanicals. I'm not sure if that's the correct description, but I'm definitely passionate about nature. I really like to incorporate abstract elements in nature elements into my work. So definitely plants, definitely nature, landscapes, and very vibrant, colorful, abstract creations. And has that always been your style? Or tell us a little bit about finding your current style. Yeah, well, that's a very good question, because I think my style has been evolved over the years. I think you're more probably familiar with my previous style which was very detailed. I don't know if you remember all these illustrations. I was feeling very comfortable working with watercolors and washes, incorporating these mediums into my illustrations. Also, my work was very, I guess it still is very pattern oriented. I'm very inspired by textiles. I feel like also... My heritage, Mexican heritage or Latin heritage has contributed to my style. So it has evolved. It was very detailed before I was painting a lot of more like illustrations before. And then I started painting bigger. So I think my style right now is more definitely more abstract, not as detailed as before. But I feel like the color is still one very strong component in my work. And where did the name La Tinta come from? La Tinta. La Tinta means ink in Spanish. And when I first created my brand or La Tinta, I wanted to incorporate something in Spanish because obviously that's my first language and that's something that I really want to put into my signature style. So I feel like when I started La Tinta, I had no idea I was going to be into mural painting or into licensing my work or into getting into fine art like as I am right now. So I still feel very connected with my brand and my name. But over the years, I've noticed that Latinta is a little difficult for people that are not familiar with Spanish. Sometimes people call me 
Latinta or they think that my brand is actually Latina, which I am, but uh, it's not actually the name or my brand name. So, I mean, I've been thinking about, you know, changing it to Fernanda Martinez. I feel like I have a little bit of recognition more right now. And some people still call me Tinta because they think that's my name, Tinta, which is okay. Yeah. So I think in conclusion, I wanted to create something that was very rooted in Mexico or in Latin heritage. And I felt like ink or tinta means something that you are making with your hands and that you are incorporating into your work. So that was the first thought about creating La Tinta. It's so interesting that you say that it's you know, Latina, because it totally is when it's a website, it's all one word. So I can see how that's a little confusing. I mean, I didn't even notice that because I'm just so used to your brand name and hearing you say it. But yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I think, you know, it's a decision for every creative to make, like if they're going to go by their own name, especially people sort of in the fine art craft, like, you know, maybe straddling both sort of spaces. So Yeah, I would love to talk more about that. So why did you want a brand at the beginning? And why are you sort of thinking about letting that go? Yeah. So when I first started the brand, I wanted to show, I mean, my portfolio of work, but I wanted it to be more visible also to big brands or to the possibility to be seen by other brands or retailers or even the possibility to partner with local brands or bigger brands. And I feel like having a brand is definitely a very difficult decision instead of going with your name or, you know, to Fernanda Martinez art would probably have been easier, but I wanted to show something more than just my name. I also, at that point, I thought I was nobody I still feel like I'm nobody you know but it was more possibly more easy for people to remember a brand than a name and I feel like this was also something that I was always been into I mean marketing sales is my background when I was working in Mexico I worked for about five or six years in sales and marketing so I was very familiar with how to build a brand and how to get people to know a brand. And yeah, I feel like that was the main purpose of creating a brand instead of going with my name. Yeah, I think that's so interesting. And I see, you know, a lot of people in this space sort of deciding if they want to go with the brand thing or with the name. And I hear you say almost like an imposter syndrome thing. Like it's almost more comfy to stand behind a brand or something. It becomes like this more tangible thing. And it's also like kind of, I mean, there's pros and cons to both and they're both scary, right? It's both scary to put yourself out there, but like a brand is sort of like, it's not you. So it sort of exists outside of you and you can kind of nurture that in a different way. But now I hear you saying like, oh, maybe it's time to step into your name. And I think that's a really interesting aspect of it too. So, you know, when you were doing Latinta, you know, a little bit ago, there were a lot of like cards and journals and sort of items. And now you're sort of moving into the fine art mural space. Do you think being in that sort of different genre gives you space to like step into your name rather than the brand? 
I feel like there's a space for both right now. I feel like I've built a strong brand, at least locally. And I feel like I still have a lot to contribute to my brand as La Tinta in terms of stationery, in terms of accessories, probably clothing. Um, I've been, you know, like exploring possibilities for La Tinta as a brand. But I feel like also separating my fine art name from La Tinta will probably provide more, it feels more legit, I guess, you know, like in for galleries and for collectors, for exhibitions. Yeah, I feel like I have room for showing myself more as a fine art and showing like a group of things into La Tinta. So... Yeah, I still don't know how to do it. I'm exploring the possibilities. And as I'm growing as a business owner, I'm also, you know, trying to see how to manage that or to handle that in the future. So, yeah, it's a really good question. And that's something that I don't have the answer right now, but I really want to create something bigger with my name instead of the brand. I think that's exciting. And maybe it sounds like there's room for both. And that's a really cool thing. So I want to talk about a little bit about your licensing and how that's going, because I think a lot of our community sort of forgets that that's an option. And I know I talk a lot about brand partnerships and stuff as like a human, but there's a lot of cool opportunities for artists to partner with bigger brands in a licensing capacity. So can you tell me a little bit about how you first got into that and what that looks like? Yeah, I think that was not in my radar at all when I started. I thought that I wanted just to create and put the product directly to my audience. And I didn't know that that was a possibility. But I feel like at that moment, I was using a lot of social media and I was also very into crafters and creating like this networking and these connections with local makers and with other makers as well. And I feel like as I was creating and developing my style, I saw the opportunity to create a bigger audience for my work by going into that route. So my work at that time was very, as I said before, was very pattern oriented. I was creating a lot of repeated patterns and I was exploring with also digital work a lot. And I feel like in the beginning, the social media, the internet kind of opened that door for me because my work was seen by people or by buyers probably, or people in the retail industry. And they probably saw an opportunity of, you know, getting like new patterns and new colorful vibrant illustrations to put into a new line of accessories or even yoga mats or you know like different things that I have no idea I could create or at least not by myself because also if you think about yourself as a brand you have to outsource you know manufacturing opportunities even outside the U.S. or you know your capabilities so Yeah, so I think the internet and social media opened that door for me to license some of my first works and actually was a really good opportunity that came at at that time. And it was for anthropology, which is now like, you know, 
it was before, but it's still a big, a big retailer. And that was very unexpected. I didn't seek for that, but it came to my business and I was very grateful. But also, I think it opened also my vision to see how more I was able to expand and how more I could still create and even expand to other line of products, no? like clothing or even create my own brand you know, with accessories. That's still something that I do with my brand. I still create journals, cars, and yeah, like other stationary products. So how did that relationship with Anthro do? Are you still in that relationship? Did you think it was successful? How did it go? I think it was very successful. I'm not talking about the monetary thing because you know that these one-time license fees are not like super huge or like I didn't make a lot of money out of it, but I think it definitely contributed to create other strong relationships with other brands. And it kind of put me into the radar of other retailers. So as far as the relationship right now, I'm not in contact with them anymore. And I know they've been obviously have license work from other makers because they do that all the time. And it's just nice to see your work into, I mean, printed into these beautiful accessories and journals and things and just seeing that in the real store. Yeah, it's very nice. That's awesome. I mean, I, it's so, I'm sure that's so powerful to walk into this, you know, be- and Anthro is so beautiful, you know, you know it's such an experience. So to walk in and see your work is really awesome. So congrats. That's huge. Thank so you. what other opportunities? Yeah. So what other opportunities opened for you after that? Were there any other retailers that you were working with? Yeah. After that, I was working also for fabric collection. So that's still something that, I mean, the fabric collections are still there in the shops. There's also other partnerships that I have had with Word Market Plus, for example. And that's more related to the art because they license these beautiful canvas. Okay. World Market Cost Plus. World Market Cost Plus. Yeah. I think they changed their name. It's like always switching. It's either just Cost Plus or just work. I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. It's a great start. We love it. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. And it's also a great opportunity to make your art more affordable to people that probably have not the possibility to buy a thousand dollar piece, original piece, but they love your work and they want to, you know, support also your work. And I've been collaborating also with Minted for possibly more than five years. And I think for people that don't know what's Minted, it's a platform for creators and designers and fine art artists. They're based in San Francisco, Bay Area. And yeah, and they're they're more popular or well-known for their stationary product line. So you can go to their website and buy custom, almost custom greeting cards or, you know, and also fine art. So I've been collaborating with them for more than five years now. And that's been also very important for me because they have all these challenges every month, I guess. And they have also partnered with bigger retailers in like furniture shops or brands like West Elm and Pottery Barn. So 
I feel like having the possibility to be selected by, you know, the curators or buyers from these bigger brands is one in a time, you know, possibility. So even if you're not selected, you're putting your work out there and they are seeing seeing your work. So I've also collaborated with local brands. My most recent collaboration was with this Berkeley-based brand. They make spirits, they make whiskeys, and I created the label for one of their of their latest whiskey whiskeys. And that's something that I've also that I'm very grateful for. I have had the possibility to collaborate with local brands, and I think that's very powerful too. And so yeah, are these brands you are reaching out to, or are they reaching out to you, or a little bit of both? I would say they are reaching me. I feel like having my portfolio also accessible in my website with the social media has also contributed to brands to find me. And that's the power of internet sometimes. It's a very good tool for businesses. Yeah, so far, yeah, I mean, I have contact also other businesses or yeah, companies. And sometimes that just doesn't work. And it's okay because I feel like I still have the opportunity to partner with local brands and that's good also. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. We're just going to take a quick break to get to one of our sponsors. And wow, the sponsor is so on brand y'all. So let's hear from Let's Make Art. Let's Make Art is a revolutionary crafting company that aims to help everyone to channel their inner artist, whether they are three or 63. With the assortment of products and subscription offers, there is endless opportunity, fun, and access to easy to understand tutorials and resources for everyone to learn a craft or take up a hobby. Anyone can have art supplies delivered right to their door in the form of monthly subscriptions, project kits, and supplies for a variety of activities. So there is stuff for kids. Kids can learn art and lettering from professional kids art instructors. I know a lot of you are already creatives and makers, but it's a really cool opportunity to step outside your current medium. I know I've been taking ceramics, which is not my you know known medium. I'm a painter and a printmaker and an illustrator. And it's a really cool opportunity to take the pressure off and have a little bit more fun. So with Let's Make Art, you can also try lettering, which is fascinating to me because my lettering is terrible. Start learning basic lettering techniques to get you more familiar with your abilities with hand lettering. There's also art journaling, watercolor art, and subscription boxes. So go check out Let's Make Art. Check out Let's Make Art today by going to our special link, zen.ai slash girlgangcraftthepod. That's zen.ai slash girlgangcraftthepod to get 20% off at checkout. Coupon code is activated at checkout, and we'll be sure to put this link in our show notes. Tell us a little bit about your murals. What kind Mm -hmm. of murals are you working on? Tell us a little bit about that process. Yeah, well, murals. Murals. It's something that has definitely grew over the past years. I feel like for makers and even for businesses, it's a great tool. It's also like a marketing tool and something bigger to create your brand. So I found in local shops and local businesses the possibility to create bigger 
pieces of art that can be seen by a wider audience. So it's also very hard. It's a lot of work. It requires a lot of physical work and planning, which is something that sometimes people don't see. You know, they see a huge mural and they think like, oh, you know, they painted that in, I don't know, two days, but they don't know how difficult it is to actually get into the lift or the ladder and paint everything. It's almost like 10 hours a day working nonstop. And I love painting murals. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that it's very difficult. And sometimes it's something that, that people don't pay very well. So also, I think like, yeah, having the possibility to work with other businesses and even like art advisors or other companies can create bigger opportunities or even other companies to consider your work. And that's a little bit better paid than other, you know, local projects. And it was very hard last year because during COVID, all the murals were canceled. So all the projects that were almost about to happen, they just got canceled. And it was very hard because, I mean, not only for me, but for everybody, but for other makers, it was very hard period for us. But um, this year, luckily, yeah, I, I think the last time I counted, I created more than 11 murals this year. So... It's almost like one mural a month. That's and huge. I, it's huge. Yeah, I was not even aware of that number until recently that I was looking at my finances. And, you know, like when you're like trying to get back the control of your income. And yeah, I feel like it's a huge milestone. because I'm not even like, you know, the more known muralist in the Bay. But yeah, it's been very rewarding for me. I love painting murals and also I love the possibility to create something bigger than just, you know, canvases or, you know, a product. And it's something that luckily will live for more than 10 years there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so awesome. And I love what you said too, because it really is a good opportunity because, you know, people are Instagramming that, you know, it's good for business because people want to come into a pretty space, you know, it's good for brand recognition because if people are driving past that mural every day. And like you said too, it opens up the opportunity. So maybe like small, you know, retail stores in Oakland aren't paying that much, but you know, the tech in Oakland is, and if the person drives by that and really likes it and wants to contact you and you know, Twitter can pay you 10 grand, like, yes, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. And it's also something that's important about murals is that it's a word of mouth, as you mentioned, like people that go to the shop and they see a beautiful world, they will ask them, like, who painted this? Or how can I get this in my house or in my business or, you know, in my yoga studio or my plant shop or whatever. So yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a word of mouth. Yeah. So have you been doing the murals by yourself or have you been getting any assistance? I was doing them by myself until I realized that I was not doing the right thing. So <laughs> it's a lot of work and it's also, you need the help. So yes, I'm getting now help from artist friends. And also these budgets have allowed me to hire them and to pay them fairly for their job. So for their help. And yeah, that's also something else that I was talking about 
with other person lately that when people see the murals they think it's a one person you know job and it's not it's usually a team behind that it requires a lot of planning and a lot of work in terms of you know having the supplies and planning all the budget around and getting the permits or you know so um, yeah it's a teamwork Okay, so do you have any other help in any other parts of your business right now or just you? It's just me. It's just me. And it's something that you must know. <laughs> you always uh, say uh, say it, but yeah, it's for us, like business owners, uh, you feel like you can handle everything. And as you grow, you notice that definitely you need help. So I don't have the possibility right now to hire someone I would like to. But I'm focusing right now in other projects, so I don't have the time to, you know, like to give my energy and my time into hiring someone that helps me, but definitely need someone that helps me with the shipping, with my online shop, and yeah, and probably with the photographing and all, you know, the media thing. That's very important also to build your brand and your website and your socials. So yeah. Okay, back to murals. So how are you getting these jobs? Are you reaching out to stores or are they reaching out to you or how does that work? They're reaching me out right now, but it was not like this all the time. I started four or five years ago, just going to the stores and I will introduce myself as an artist and local muralist. And I will just leave my business card and offer my services. And sometimes that opened the doors for a project to me. Sometimes they didn't even care, you know, but I feel like that's how everybody starts. Like you have to, you know, create the opportunities for yourself. Otherwise you won't get it. You won't get them. Like people will not come to your studio or your house and, you know, ask for your services. So yeah. And what happened with the local shops is that I think it was one mural that I painted in College Avenue, in this beautiful shop in in College Avenue. And the business owners from across the street, they saw the mural and they wanted a mural, but a different colors, different style, but in their their coffee shop. And then another clothing store very close to this one saw also my work and they wanted something to create, to have something custom made for them. Because so it's just like the whole a, block of your work. The whole, <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm so grateful for all these local connections. And I will say now friendships after five years or more than that we've been collaborating. But yeah, it's usually how it works. Not only with murals, I will say with probably all businesses. Yeah. Yeah. So you said that the murals sort of stopped during COVID. How else was your business affected? Because I know you were at one point, you know, doing a lot of craft fairs. So what was your experience like during COVID? Yeah, it was very difficult time. I mean, for everybody, but for, I feel for artists and makers, it was more difficult because for us that we used to go to craft fairs, twice a month, three, you know, all weekends during the month, everything was canceled. So I would say like my main source of income or probably half of it was from crafters and from markets. So as soon as I saw that everything was 
not happening again, at least for all year, I started to paint more and to shift my business from the in-person markets and events to an online presence. And that's also something that sounds very easy to do, but it's not, especially if you haven't built a strong community of collectors or clients out there if they don't know about you besides the markets or, you know, buying from your booth, how are you going to put yourselves out? So I was lucky enough to have built a very good shop, online shop, and I just dedicated my time to create, create, create more and more. And I was painting all day in my studio because I think also in my studio what happened is that everybody left because they couldn't pay the rent. And I was this close also to give up my space. Yeah, it felt like I just <laughs> embraced the challenge and I put all my energy into creating. And I was creating paintings, I don't know, three paintings a week or something. And I was putting everything on my social media and I was listing my paintings in my website and just creating a new space for my clients and for the people to see my work. It was not in person, but also I think that it was very important also for the crafts community that people were, as they were, you know, now working from home and remotely, they were putting more interest into decorating their houses. And that empty world that was empty for a year or two, they have now have the possibility to buy and support local makers also. That was a huge thing for us, for makers. People were really willing and are willing to support local makers and local artists. So I found a good way to show my work and to make people see my work. And yeah, I think I sold more paintings last year than every, yeah, that all years before, even than, than this year, I will say. Yeah. So you were in no galleries because it was COVID, I guess. Too. So that was all direct to consumer with your fine art. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Because it's hard. <laughs> it's, oh my God. it's very hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Sometimes you yeah. feel like you're just putting yourself out and nobody's actually looking at your work or anything that you do, but they are. So just, it requires a very strong mindset, a very strong, I don't know, courage also to, you know, to just, it's what it is. Like I have no other option just to, you know, sell from my social media and listing all my work in my shop and just wait, wait for people to see it. And yeah, so I'm just grateful that now it's not over, but it's just peaking again. Peaking. Yeah. So how do you keep the inspiration flowing with your work? How do you stay motivated to do three paintings a week? What gives you ideas? Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. For that period of time when I was creating a lot in my studio, I also spent a lot of time outdoors. I feel like everybody did because that was the only option that we had. 
So I couldn't travel. I couldn't visit my family. I couldn't, you know, hang out with my people. So I spent a lot of time outdoors and not only now, but always nature in California scenery has contributed to my inspiration. But also I feel like I was listening a lot of podcasts and I was listening a lot of music and, you know, just like trying to give myself more or give time also to myself and trying to find inspiration in things that I created before in the past that they were probably, you know, these old sketches that were, you know, there. I revisited a lot of past work and I talked a lot FaceTime with people and I was also in therapy. <laughs> I feel like that also helped me a lot. And this year has, it's just been different. I won't say it's been easier, but it, it's been different. So um, yeah, I find inspiration in documentaries. I like a lot to watch architecture documentaries or series in Netflix. I also read a lot of creative books or, you know, art books. I also try to spend time with my family outdoors, even like a hike in a Saturday morning helps. Something that it's also very important to my process is sketching. I haven't quit sketching. I've been sketching since always. So sometimes I feel like it's difficult to keep, you know, track or keep that motivation every day because it's almost not human, you know. You can't just create every day and that's okay. And that's something that I couldn't understand before. But I feel like now I try to spend more time doing the, you know, the regular things in the house, even watering my plants or doing like the small things in the house. Open, you know, the vision to see other things that I am possibly not seeing right now. So I would say sketching is very important. Adventures like going outside and just find a new place where to eat or find a new hike or even sometimes internet, you know, why not? Like scrolling through Instagram, through Facebook, Twitter, sometimes like you can see other people and how they're doing their thing. And that's also very inspiring. Yeah. So what's next for you? What are you looking forward to in your business and your art practice? What's next? I would like to say that more murals I'm ready to paint more murals not 10 but maybe 15 next year and I'm ready to also show my work more into local galleries or even local exhibitions and starting like a coaching sessions with different yeah people and I want to grow. You're, ho- uh, you're hosting coaching or you're getting coached no, yourself? Okay. I'm getting coaching. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And sometimes I feel very lost. I need to, you know, like recalibrate or I don't know how to say it, but you know, yeah, I want to definitely want to paint more murals. I want to grow my business and possibly separate my name from my brand name and create more. I want to explore different mediums. I want to create new collections and 
yeah, and just like, you know, grow my artistic vision and grow my practice. Well, that's yeah. exciting. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Any last bit of advice for the creatives listening? What sort of advice would you leave our listeners with? Yeah, I feel like for someone that's still starting into this very difficult industry, I would say that there will be obstacles always. You will find obstacles even when you feel like you're doing great, that you're like, you know, saving a lot or creating a lot. And, but I feel like you have to be very open to learn also from that and also move very fast with, you know, with the new, I don't want to say trends, but yes, trends, because people now are, you know, looking for more, you know, fast content and fast things and everything has to be fast. And even like your shippings now have to be fast, you know, when you're shipping your work. So I would say just try to stay very human and try to be very human in if you are lucky enough to find people that think in the same way that you think, you're going to grow a very good audience and people that are there supporting your work, even though it's not your best work or, you know. So um, just learn from the failures too, and try to create strong local connections. I feel like, you know, support local businesses. It's part of it. Go to your friends and friends' artist shows. Buy from them, especially now during holiday season. Like if you can, you know, support local makers, do it instead of, you know, going and buy from Target. I don't know, but <laughs> Amazon. Just support your friends. And that's how everybody or all of us grow. Yeah. 100%. Thank you so yeah. much, Fernanda. This has been amazing. Thank you, Phoebe. Thanks can so you much tell... for this opportunity. Yeah, of course. Can you tell everyone where they can find you? Sure. My website is Latinta with a T I N T A art.com. And my Instagram is Tinta underscore art. And yeah, I'm not in TikTok. I'm not in. I feel like I'm in Twitter, but I don't use it really. But those are, you know, the main channels. Well, thank you so much. Everyone go follow Fernanda and check out her art. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you so much, Vivi. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Girl Gang Craft podcast. Head to girlgangcraft.com slash podcast for show notes and more. See you next time.